Resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away. No electricity, nothing whatsoever. We need to be prepared for the future. I'm just holding on for dear life here. This isn't fun. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Plan this time before disaster strike. Every natural disaster gets worse. What happens when something goes wrong and how do they respond to it? And make sure everyone's safety comes first. Save what for dream. You must ready. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. Eventually, I know it's going to hit. It's only a matter of time. Helping your community. Helping your family. Helping you. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Hi, I'm Fred Hooper, and this is Pacific Prepared. It's a show all about natural disasters, climate change and traditional knowledge, and how those things are all connected. And you'll hear that through stories from right across the Pacific. Each week we work with local reporters. They're on the ground letting us know what's happening in this space and what people want to hear about. On today's show, being organised for some of the most unpredictable weather events in the world, how committees are helping get this done in Vanuatu. Also, finding new artists in PNG to help keep the tradition of storytelling alive through art. And if you're in Fiji, you're probably getting used to hearing rain on your roof. Do you think of relocating or you just want to stay here even though it's like the, the area is prone to flooding? No, if it gets more flooding, uh, the police officers will come there and they'll have a good test. We'll get an update on how this rain has impacted communities in Fiji soon. That's all coming up. This is Pacific Prepared. We need to be prepared for the future. Helping you stay safe. We have built a seawall two times, but it did no good. What happens when something goes wrong and how do they respond to it? Plan this time before disaster strike. Every natural disaster gets worse. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Natural disasters are totally unpredictable. They can happen pretty much any time. And the destruction can be a whole range of minor right through to major. So it's kind of ironic that planning needs to be so precise. But I think it's been shown that preparing is really the only defence. In Vanuatu, committees are being formed within communities to help plan and then action those plans during a natural disaster. Pacific Prepared reporter and freelance journalist Florence Fanua has this story. Community Disaster Climate Change Committees are known as City Triple Cs. The National Disaster Management Office in Vanuatu has been collaborating with rural and urban communities to form these community disaster committees in order to assist their communities in disaster preparedness, response and recovery as well as to guarantee that no one is left behind in disasters. These committees are playing a crucial role, but frequently on a volunteer basis. Everyone feels uh, something where every community should cut from... It is a good system that every community in Vanuatu should have, because we are in a period of climate change and we will continue to experience disasters. So it is a good thing for all communities to have that will help the people. 
Pastor, but you may face him, you may face him, but you know, can't end them. So everyone could have something to Everybody must go help the people. In a village of Unmatch on Anaichom, Ms. Kaiwan, the secretary for the village disaster climate change committees, says that part of their mission is to increase public understanding of disaster planning, response and recovery. The committees were able to construct an escape bridge and produce a map that informs residents of a neighborhood of the locations that are safe from natural disasters like tsunamis. When disasters struck, they knew where to find safe places. Additionally, the committees were able to plant some trees throughout the neighborhood and encourage residents to produce foods that are resistant to natural disasters so that they will have access to food in an emergency. The members of the community are aware of the committee's responsibilities and respect both their opinions and the established procedures. Ms. Kaiwan acknowledges and values the assistance provided by non-governmental organizations like Care International in Vanuatu for draining city triples in the Fair Province in the south of Vanuatu so they can effectively perform their responsibilities in their communities. Care's work in our community includes assisting in the formation of the CTCC committees and assisting with the capacity building of the committees so they are aware of their responsibilities and know what to do. When a tragedy strikes, the community's residents will be prepared and know what to do, thanks in large part to CARE. The committees assist increased awareness among community members because CARE established them and then returned to promote the city triple C's. The community disaster climate change committees, according to Ms. Kaiwan, are able to play a vital role in raising public awareness of disasters as a result of this support. So, from young children to elderly people, everyone is aware of the different types of natural disasters we face on land, at sea, and in the air. Children in my village are well aware of all disasters, whether they occur in the water, on land, or in the wind. They understand that it is a disaster, and they are aware of what to do. For instance, in the case of tsunamis, if children notice that the sea is drying up, they immediately recognize that something is wrong and know what to do. Instead of waiting for their parents to give them the all clear, they begin to run. This is something that CARE has really supported with, because it disseminates knowledge, which individuals then apply. According to her, CARE returned after disaster struck to offer assistance and support to the affected people. Through its Safe Community Resilient Nations Project, which is funded by USAID Peru of Humanitarian Assistance, and its Disaster Ready Project, which is funded by the Australian government, CARE International has been working in the south of Vanuatu 
to assist in the establishment of community climate change disaster committees and to provide them with disaster preparedness training. The support provided by CARE to the city CCCs, according to Mari Toto, is intended to assist the Vanuatu government in reaching out to the communities and establishing their city CCCs through the National Disaster Management Office. After law are again in the past, we have been meet with them all. Some will female cities here inside our past when the story entirely what they need to talent same. Training and very, very important, more than thing you know. Uh, CTC training where it just happen and fresh, you make them say after law uh, disaster. After the twin cyclones, I spoke with a few of the female city CCCs and they informed me how vital and appreciative they are of the trainings offered by CARE. Following the recent Tapol cyclone calamity, it allowed the committees to gather together to complete the first community assessment forms, which they then handed up to the area council. The city CCCs learn about the structure they will use in a disaster as part of their training. They discovered that following a tragedy, they must submit assessment forms to the local council, the province and the national authorities. John Daniel, the area administrator of the Southeast Tana Area Council, south of Vanuatu, also provided feedback. He stated that during the twin cyclones, he was relieved to see that the city CCCs created by CARE's previous project, Disaster Ready One, had helped him complete the disaster assessment forms within 24 hours. One individual cannot complete all the tasks due to the size of the village, the local council, and the area. Additionally, this shows how effective the city CCCs work is in that the committees actually assisted the local council authorities in completing paperwork rapidly during a catastrophe response. Ms. Toto goes on to state that the project's goal is to strengthen community resilience in Vanuatu's disaster-prone islands. So I mean, no this means that our goal is to enter the communities and assist them in becoming strong and resilient in order to cope with upcoming crises. Not only cyclones, but also volcanoes, tsunamis, landslides. And now that Vanuatu is experiencing a significant dry season, these are the calamities we are currently confronting. And because we want communities to be resilient, we are disseminating information about disaster risk reduction in them. This information will help them know what to do before, during, and after a disaster like a cyclone. People will be stronger because they will know what to do and be able to prepare for a calamity when they have that knowledge and understanding. Marie Toto from CARE International in Vanuatu speaking there. Other non-governmental organizations in Vanuatu, including CARE, are also striving to assist communities there in becoming disaster ready.
Thanks to Pacific Prepared reporter Florence Fanua for that story from Vanuatu. People's lives have been affected by a disaster. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. All the signs are coming, so we have to prepare. Be prepared. Pacific Prepared. We know there's lots of ways to tell a story. You can do it verbally, like the one you're hearing now. Or it could be a book. Or it could be visual art. The stories themselves could be anything, including stories about natural disasters and climate change. In Papua New Guinea, a school has been running a workshop to find some young talented artists to make sure that the future is bright in this space. With more on this story, here's PNG-based Pacific Prepared reporter and freelance journalist Diane Waketsi. When it comes to art, Papua New Guinea and the Pacific Islands are not new to the concept of it. Passed down from our ancestors, the knowledge of drawing, painting, sculpting and weaving have always been a part of our culture and traditions. Drawings, storyboards, wall paintings have for decades told of our great sea voyages, our celebrations, or our times of hardship through dry seasons, storms, or disasters faced by our people. Art can also be seen through our songs and dances, the way we cook, and the lifestyles of today. Located in the remotest part of Papua New Guinea, a local school with the help of a local NGO, the Kumara Foundation, has decided to host an art camp to draw out young talents. Pacific Prepared spoke to Vincent Kumara, the founder of the foundation, and his plans of hosting the art camp. As part of the early childhood development, we used to have exquisite trees for them. We've taken them to Medang, we found them Sepitabara. We did a boat cruise for them. We took them to Enga, where they stayed with Jacob Luke Foundation, the Mapai group. Um, we took them to Goroka, where they had a chance to go into the New Guinea and tour the New Guinea so they could be inspired to become pilots, engineers, you know. They ended up meeting the prime minister of the country. So, But this year, there is a shift because of the funding uh, challenges that we have. So we decided to have something that's different, but also very educational. So we decided to have uh, them exposed to uh, art education so they can appreciate art at a very early age because some of them will not make it to university through formal education, but they can be extremely talented and we may not be able to identify those talents unless we put them through this kind of you know, training. So we we invited artists and we asked Leslie if he can join the, the campaign and he said, no worries. And then he's got connections with other artists. so. He sent the invitation to two female artists from Australia. They came up all the way from Sydney. And then we have uh, Gazilla Bruders, also one of the top female artists that we have in PNG. Very, very talented. And then we have a local artist in Simbu. Five artists of different styles, they came up to Snow Pass. And we have these 80 students and, and their teachers, they come together. And this is like, you cannot imagine a thing like this happening in a rural part of this nation. It's an amazing program. Local artist Leslie Wengembo famous for his large-scale photorealistic portraits, has also come on board to help these children grasp the idea of art and let their creativity take off. 
with that art camp, it kind of brings hope to, to the future of art. You know, you see people, um, most of the kids when we were, when we were teaching, like when we were just, we were not actually teaching them, we just let them express themselves in what they're, they're painting and stuff. We don't put like any boundaries in what they're doing and stuff. Like we just tell them. And most of them, you know, we, we tell them, what do you want to do? And they would test like, you know, and then there were a few of them, they were like, want to be an artist. You know? uh-huh. And he was like, wow, this is, this is, you know, this is something. Because they, uh, the thing is that I also grew up in a village. It was this experience that when I tell them about the story of mine and like how I've been so constant with what I do. I, even as a kid, I always love to do what I want to do. And even though there's always, you know, you grew up in an environment, but don't think about the environment that you grew up in, but focus on what you love doing. Your passion is, is what kind of brings you out there or it can take you to do something greater than what you did. So the thing they need to see with the uh, foundation I've done, um, uh, with especially the summer art camp, it's new in PNG. I don't, I don't, I, in, in my life, I've never known like a, there's a summer art camp. I mean, there's any art camp in PNG. Probably they have in the past and stuff, but not not yet. Most of the art camps and stuff are in you know, overseas and they're really expensive. Like, I mean, you have to pay a lot of money to go and, and I've, I've also been trying to be part of an art camp, but it's so hard to, you know, to get into sometimes. But this is like this avenue of this summer art camp. It's a it's a concept in a way that I feel like it's supposed it it must happen every year. Because this is a seed, you know, and it, it must happen every year. I feel like if it's happening more often in 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 a place like you know remote part of the world of the country, if you see the possibility there, that there's like so much so much potential to bring it out to the you know, to the entire nations and to see see how it goes. Because one thing about art is uh, it's a thing that, you know, every one of us, we was, when you were a kid, everyone are artist, but we forget art when we, when we grow up. It's uh, there's a scene or something. We forget to do it. But everyone is an artist. And the thing about it is that it's not to pursue people to be a, an artist, but it's the, the thing about the... Your mind, like kind of a way that when you focus on something creative and stuff, it also brings your mind to think, think out, you know, broadly of what you want to be, and and it also, yeah, it, it's a, it's it's a really nice practice to everyone to do, you know. So it's not that only an artist to to paint or <laughs> or something like that. So I feel like you know, there's some art camp and stuff like that. No, it started in a, you know, in a in a in a local level government, like you know, so like a like a really local place like that. But I feel like you know, as the years goes by, I I really wish that this is gonna go big, you know, it's gonna grow big, and I wanted to because I was definitely gonna be part of it for a long time, and I just wanted to you know, and could we could run that in the nation. The students will also host a mini cultural show to showcase the different traditional dances. And then there's the showcasing of their artwork. A unique experience, says the founder, Mr. Kumar. It's promoting volunteerism, uh, cultural tourism, and maybe we could just put it like new terms, uh, art tourism or something. So we'll have exchange students for international artists from abroad coming in, and then we have all the talented artists from Papua New Guinea going in. And the story that will really sell well is that you have disadvantaged kids who are really interested in art. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a great story, and it's a way of giving back to our community and, and you know sending our community to the rest of the world as well. Yeah. And on top of the art itself, everything about PNG is artistic. From floral decorations to the view and the nature itself, including our culture, it's all artistic. 
So they come, they come, and they get the whole package. They'll be mind blown by the, the activities we have to, you know, sell to the world. The whole package. So when they go back, they'll go with good stories, and it's all adding value to our tourism sector as well in Papua New Guinea. Mr. Kumar also says that all he wishes for his students are that they become good citizens of Papua New Guinea, and also he hopes that art will be an opportunity for them in the future. I just want these kids to at least um, have a good life. It doesn't necessarily mean that all of them will settle into a space in university or college. But whatever it is, I believe that, that we give them a good foundation so they can have good moral values. And wherever they go, um, they can be just good citizens. Um, we don't want law and order problems. So we have to train these kids up properly because we build a nation by the way we educate our, our current generation. And we don't want a, you know, a lot of people to create problems for this country because we've got enough problems already. So if we don't fix that, imagine where the nation will be. So it's our duty now to train our generation well. And at least we can train two, 10 good people. That's more than enough for, for us. So, but it's our hope that at least they can have a good life tomorrow. Either they make it to the university or they become community leaders, whatever it is, we wanna just train them well to become good citizens of this nation. And we also have a hope that at least they can raise the flag for human resources in Bundi and also for the country as well. But not just being brilliant and sharp, they have to be you know, total human development. They have to be a good package for this nation. We don't want corrupt people. We want people with integrity and high standards to run this nation. And we want to train this generation well. We have enough leaders, but we don't have enough good leaders. So we are struggling as a nation. So it's our noble duty to train our current generation well. And we cannot do it for the whole nation because we are a small CBO, but we can do it for a small bunch of people. And I believe that this bunch of people can make an impact. Thanks to PNG-based Pacific Prepared reporter and freelance journalist Diane Wiketsi. What's your plan? Are you ready to leave your home? Plan now before disaster strikes. Pacific Prepared. If you're in Fiji at the moment, you might be getting used to the sound of rain on the roof because there's been a lot of rain around. And it doesn't look like that the little rain icons are disappearing from the forecast maps anytime soon either. Chatting via message with Pacific Prepared reporter and freelance journalist in Fiji, Josiah Nanunga, I mentioned the rain and he said, every week. Like seriously, this is no joke. Josiah recently visited some communities that had seen flooding as a result. It was just another morning of an unusual regular rainy season in Fiji particularly in the central division, where we wake up to see cloudy and dull weather conditions with some drizzle and turns out as a heavy rain at around midday into the afternoon and evening. In most parts of Fiji, people have increasingly become exposed to the consequences of extreme weather. Rainfall is becoming heavier as ever, while the duration of rainy seasons is simultaneously reducing unable to withstand the masses of flooding to the nearby communities and field. Between January 2 today, thousands of people in most parts of Fiji were affected by floods from heavy rain. Most low-lying areas in the central division were flooded. This is apart from the constant flood encountered over the past few months. The heavy downpour 
earlier this week saw some rivers reaching warning levels and impacting roads, iris crossings and bridges in low-lying areas and floodplains implicating traffic flow and transport routes. Pacific Prepared visited a flood-prone informal settlement in Suba, known as Wailea, and witnessed that a few families had been moving to safe locations and evacuation centers as flood water was slowly entering their homes. Arvin Narayan, who has been living in the area for over 20 years, says Wailea is an area in the Central Division that has been particularly hit by floods in recent years, where a good number of residents have been flooded seven to ten times over the last five years. It's like a climate change, eh? This is a winter season. We don't expect rain this season. But now we're expecting more rain in winter rather than in summer, eh? Obviously, flooding in summer, but now it's opposite now. In winter, it's big contrain. And a lot of flooding in this Suba area, flash flooding mostly. We are residing in Walia, but we are experiencing frequent flooding over here. Normally, when it's excessive flooding, then they are moving to the evacuation centers. One is in Batuanga, the Masterin Family School. And then from the other side of the bridge, they said, Vishnu Dev Primary School. We already got fresh flooding, and the people are moving their vehicles and their pets to the higher grounds now. Since uh, your home is also prone to flooding, are you not prepared to move in case uh, heavy rain continues throughout the night and uh, creates uh, flash flooding in the area? Yeah, yeah, we are already prepared. We are packing our uh, goods. So we can move it a little bit higher if it gets more flooding. And we'll get on vehicle here and we'll move it to higher grounds. So over the past few years uh, during flooding, excessive flooding, uh, which evacuation center uh, does your family members normally go to? We normally go to <coughs> Muslim Primary School here in Batuang. It's nearer to us. Is it safe? Yeah, it's safe there. It's safe there. Okay. Do you think of relocating or you just want to stay here even though it's like... The, the area is prone to flooding. No, if it gets more flooding, uh, the police officers will come there and they'll evacuate us. Mm. No, they are helpful people. The right. police from the Nambua police station. Mm. Yeah, they are very helpful. In, very helpful. Mm. They are very helpful. They come with their vehicles and they persuade people. Before it gets worse, we better move, move to the high grounds. Mm. They are very helpful people. Yeah, the, we are about to enter the, the <coughs> hurricane season from November, so people can <coughs> get uh, their house be prepared more. They should nail it and be prepared for the disaster system. Don't just wait for the last moment. Eh? Meanwhile, the National Disaster Management Office, or the NDMO, continues to advise members of the public residing in communities within the division to be vigilant as localized heavy falls may lead to flash flooding of low-lying areas as we head into the weekend. I'm Chosaya Nanunga, a freelance journalist and Pacific Prepared reporter, reporting from Fiji. Thanks to Pacific Prepared reporter and freelance journalist Josiah Nanunga in Fiji. I'm just holding on for dear life here. For women, it's always safety first. They are the first responder. 
You're listening to Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared is supported with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the Australian Government. It's produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, National Broadcasting Corporation of Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, Fijian Broadcasting Corporation, Samoa National Radio 2AP, Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation and Tonga Broadcasting Commission. Part of the aim of this program is to start conversations about natural disasters, climate change and how traditional knowledge links them all together. My name's Fred Hooper. Please share any information you've learned today and stay safe. This has been Pacific Prepared.